This is the 444th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC, and I'm here at Soldier Field in Chicago where the Falcons went down 37-17 to with their playoff hopes on the line here in the Windy City. Ironically, they still managed to stay alive thanks to the New Orleans Saints who beat the Buccaneers 23-13 down in Tampa. Now to make the playoffs, we'll go over that a little bit further and with greater detail when we come back from the break. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see do and enjoy along the world's most famous beach daytona beach florida beach on in atlanta one voice has stood out for over four decades an ajc original the monica pearson show let's talk about how you got to espn revealing interviews you are known as america's doctor but i want to know who you were before that when you have a different name you have different color skin it can be tough with atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before i'm telling my story this is the american dream the monica pearson show streaming now on ajc.com all right we're back here at the bowtie chronicles podcast let's just do the playoff scenario here and get on to hearing from the coach uh, arthur smith Quarterback Taylor Heineke, running back Tyler Algier, running back B. John Robinson, and uh, defensive end Calais Campbell. Now, here's how the Falcons get into the playoffs. They get in when there's an 8-9 tie. They would have to win their last game to be 8-9. Then they need 2-14 Carolina to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then the Falcons would finish tied for first place along with the Saints and the Bucks, but they would win the division on the strength of their 4-2 record. So, while you might not be happy with how the season has unfolded here, there still remains a 10% chance of the Falcons going to the playoffs. Now, I pointed out in the game story here today that what they did here in Chicago didn't look like a playoff team material or a titleist team material. And so let's go over that, and uh, uh, let's hear from Coach Arthur Smith on who deserved to win this football game. Yeah, obviously, glad you know Chicago deserved to win that game. Uh, We didn't do enough clearly to to win. It's ultimately my responsibility. So when you're going into a game and you got opportunities and you don't take advantage early, and they make plays, they did. We had plenty of opportunities in this game, and then ultimately when you turn the ball over. Four times, don't get any takeaways, and uh, it's a recipe for a bad result. But credit to Chicago, they deserve a win. <clears throat> what did they do uh, against your offense, which uh, had trouble sustaining things today? 
Yeah, I mean, early on, I thought we, you know, we hit a couple shots, uh, but didn't come away with any points. Uh, you know, a couple of the stuff when we were, and kind of some heavier drop back stuff later. I really, right before the half too, we didn't really get anything going. Um, and hats off them too. They they held the ball for a long time today, which uh, certainly was kind of their mo. And uh, we didn't do enough clearly to win. That was Coach Smith on who deserved to win the game. Here is Arthur Smith on Heineke and what was bothering him. Look, he was playing through something. You know, obviously as the game went on, clearly he made the one run. Uh, but later as the game went on, uh, you could tell his ankle was, was hurting him. There's a lot of things that I don't want to overreact without watching the film. Now, uh, the Falcons did close this thing to within 10, 27 to 17 with 12.32 to play on a 24-yard scramble by Taylor Heineke. But things got out of hand late. They couldn't move the ball. Taylor gets injured. Ritter comes in, throws a pick. Uh, Bears put up a couple scores late to, uh, you know, make the final score 37 to 17. Here's Arthur Smith on the lopsided final score. Josh, I mean, I know the narrative. You're trying to go down. It's a 10-point game, right? And then we, uh, you know, we're going for it. I believe we turned the ball over once, twice. I can't even remember. We were kind of backed up. We had the ball 10 down 10. And then I believe they made it uh, 13, right? They made a play and they kicked a field goal. And then they, uh, obviously the last one, they broke the run and then they had a bunch of it in. So I wouldn't call that one or sitting there in the second quarter third quarter. Now, the final score, clearly not what you want. But there's things leading up to that, especially when you're going for it and you're in obvious bad situations. But we do that to ourselves. Now, Taylor Heineke was only 10 of 29 in this game. The Bears did a good job of shadowing his receivers. They weren't open. He held the ball. He scrambled a little bit. But here is what Taylor Heineke had to say on his play overall. It's the same, same thing. The rest of the year, we um, you know turn the ball over. You can't do that, especially this team and you know how they play in this weather. Um, can't give them short fields. Can't turn the ball over. Got to play clean football. And um, there were spurts of where we did that, and there was there were some that were where we didn't. So we got to clean it all up. Well, Taylor got stepped on late in the game, and he left. His left ankle was injured in the Colts' win, and. Um, it got aggravated here, and he was removed from the game. Late, Desmond Ritter came on and closed it out for him. Here is Heineke on his ankle. I wouldn't say it was affecting me that much. I would say it was kind of in the back of my mind, whether it was like transferring weight with throws and stuff like that. I can kind of feel it. Um, you know, we'll see how it feels tomorrow and we'll go from there. But, you know, right now um, I could I could start to feel it later in the game. Um, you know, second the last throw I had there, I think someone stepped right there on my foot. I started to feel a little bit, a little sharp pain. But, um, you know, other than that, I don't think it really affected me. I just, I got to play better. Now, we gave you the percentages on the playoffs. It's 69% Bucks, 27 Saints, 10% uh, Falcons. And it just, uh, you know, the Saints will be favored over the Falcons. That's the one domino. And, of course, the Bucks will be favored over the Panthers. And if it goes according to, to those plans, uh, uh, the Bucks would win on the tiebreaker there. So that's where we're at here going into the final week. 
And here is Heineke on still possibly making the playoffs. Yeah, well, this, again, it feels really, really right now, to be honest. Um, come up here and get beat like that. But the fact that we still have a chance going into week 18 last week of the season, the fact that we're still in that, um, that's what that's what you want. You know, if someone told us week 18 you're going to have a chance to go to the playoffs, you'll take it. So um, that's where we are right now. We're going to focus on the Saints, go up there and beat them and, and root for the Panthers this weekend. About the uh, only highlight, well, it was a couple highlights, the 24-yard run by Heineke and then the 75-yard screen by Tyler Algier. He, uh, the Bears were in a blitz. He uh, slipped out. He faked like he was going to pick up the blitz. They dumped it over to him. Chris Limston got out and got him a block. Drew Dahmer got out, but he didn't hit anybody. He kind of got in the way and created a lane, though. And then Scotty Miller went over and got the safety. Um, and then he caught uh, another player downfield to help Tyler Algier get into the end zone from 75 yards out on the screen pass. Here is Tyler Algier discussing the offense and that play. How tough uh, was this before the offense today, Tyler? Yeah, just uh, looking at the stats and just all of that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough one. Tough one, but uh beautiful thing is get to wake up tomorrow. Wake up tomorrow and uh, learn from it, so... And uh, what, what did you see on the screen uh, pass there? Yeah, it brought pressure, bluffed him a little bit, and then um, right, great blocking by the O-line, great blocking down the field by the receivers, and then uh, ended up into a great, great type. So it was good. Yeah, it looked like uh, Chris Lindstrom got a good block early. Scotty got a safety and then picked off another guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you'll watch it on film later, but uh, uh, just a little bit on those, those blocks that you picked up along the way. Yeah, no, it was it was great. Just great overall play call, great play, great execution. So it was uh it was good. All right, Bijan Robinson. Uh, you know, they tried to spring him. This was the number one ranked defense against the run. And uh, you know, they uh, you know, the Falcons wanted to test him, but uh it was bad. They had to try to throw in the rain, uh in the snow, and it was sleeting for most of the game. It was, you know, what to expect in December in Chicago. And, uh, you know, the Falcons couldn't run the ball or pass it. And uh, But here is Bijan Robinson on consistency and not sustaining drives. Yeah, I mean, for, for us, like, obviously you don't want to be inconsistent and you want to do everything in your power to, you know, keep drives alive, keep drives going, get the ball in the end zone. Uh, stop getting three and outs. Uh, but like you said, like I, I feel like the thing that we're missing, the thing that we need the most is being consistent and being consistent on drives, uh, putting the ball in the end zone, getting in the, getting in the red zone, and you know, giving ourselves the opportunity to, to, to score points. Um, I feel when, when, we don't, when we're not doing that, then we're, sometimes we get back up. We put ourselves in harm's way, but I feel like we, we got to start fast, and today, you know, I thought we should have started faster um, so we could have got the best results. How choppy, um, how, how was, uh, you know, the offense was choppy. How hard was it to sustain things out there today? Yeah, I mean, it was it was challenging. Uh, we were trying to, you know, continue to run the ball. Um, I, I understand that they're the, they're the number one rush defense. Um, so we did everything in our power to run the ball, but then even, you know, get the ball in our receiver's hands, Drake's hands. Uh, everybody, Kyle, like, we're trying to give them opportunities. Um, like I said, like, when there's a couple three and out opportunities that they capitalize on against us, it was just hard to, to bounce back from it. 
All right, Jesse Bates is up next. He tells us why DJ Moore was so wide open. We knew that was the only receiver. That's all they had. That's all Justin Fields um, uh, been able to do this year is throw the ball to DJ Moore. So the Falcons, uh, you know, couldn't cover him. They they got him open on crossers and all kinds of stuff. It was nine for 150, uh, six, I believe it was, uh, and a touchdown. But here is Jesse Bates on why DJ Moore was so wide open against the Falcons. Yeah, um, I thought they did a really good job of scheming some stuff up um, for him. Uh, a lot of crossers, catch and run type of plays for him. Um, some that, you know, teams are going to try to do next week as well on us. So, uh, got to clean it up. All right. Uh, you know, we got to catch up with the veteran every week. Calais Campbell still holding out hope. He's hoping the, the uh, Panthers could do them a solid. I think that it was something on the internet. I got to read about the owner throwing a drink on somebody up there. So it's a hot mess. So you're in a, that's where you put yourself in a situation where you got to count on a team that's won two games. One of them was over you. And, uh, uh, you know, that just the whole situation in Charlotte. And you need them to do you a solid and beat the Buccaneers. And, you know, they're probably not capable of it. And, uh, you know, the, the, the bus is running up there. Guys are ready to get up out of town. They're pretty much looking like the new Redskins with a dysfunctional owner. But that's what the Falcons did to themselves. They put themselves in this position. You know, this game here, yeah, you come to Chicago in December and get beat. That's fine. But, okay, you go to Arizona. You know, I don't have to go over the whole list of what happened here uh, this season. We'll have plenty of time to do that. But there were several winnable games they didn't win, and you all know them by heart. Uh, you know, uh, Minnesota, Arizona, Tennessee, Carolina, you know, the whole list of uh, five games that, um, hey, even if they win three of them, you win three of them, you're sitting here nine and six and, you know, needing to beat the Saints to, you know, improve your playoff situation, not to, to get in. And there's no guarantee they'll get the Saints. But here is Calais Campbell discussing some of these issues. Yeah, I mean, just it sucks because you know lessens our chances and you know the wild card you know position. But you know, uh, seeing the Saints win definitely uh, you know makes it just feel a little bit better. Sadly, you know <laughs> it is what it is. Um, you know, this is a. A league where uh, it's what have you done for me lately, you know, and, uh, you know, at this point in time, you know, a game like this, you just want to put it behind you as fast as possible and move on, especially because next week is the most important game of our, of our season. And so, uh, you know, I mean, this one sucks. You got to wear it, you know. I mean, the Bears have been playing good ball the last few weeks. We've seen it, you know, all over tape, you know. Um, we had a good game plan, you know, he just made plays, you know. I mean, Justin Fields, this might be one of his best games. I think it might have been his best game of his career. I mean, you know, he, he running, throwing. You're making plays, you know, sending drives. Uh, you know, I think we're pretty good defense. You know, so you know, it's uh, you know, just gotta take a hat off and give them respect. You know, he, he earned a win, and as much as it hurts, you know, my mindset is, man, I, you know, watch the tape, put it behind me, and then uh, you know, move on to the Saints. In the first half, they were able to sustain drives of uh, 60, 68, 75. What were they doing in those drives to? Keep them going. So. I mean, uh, third down conversions, you know, big plays, explosives, um, you know, and uh, we were doing a pretty good job in the run game the first half. Uh, 
second half, I mean, it's just a couple plays here, but it's all explosives, you know, just a bunch of explosives, you know, good play, good play, explosive, you know, and um, I mean, in this business, if you got to get the field on third down and you got to be able to contain the run. If you can't do that, you're not going to win a lot of ball games. You know, I mean, I don't know what the official number was, but it looked like it was 180-something yards rushing. You know, you're not going to win many ball games with 180 yards rushing, you know, and uh, and don't want to turn, turn over battle or some kind of other thing to even score. So, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, D-line got to wear it. You know, I feel like that was on us. You know, we got to play better. Now you just got to turn the page here and try to finish the season strong and get some help. How's that uh Mindset of the team. Yeah, yeah. Given this the situation, one, this right? one is a quick put it behind us. You know, I mean, normally it's 24 hour old, but this is a, you know, I mean, when the day when the day starts tomorrow, this one behind me. You know, I'm, I'm gonna watch the tape and uh, you know and, and put it behind me quick. So move on, move forward. You know, and just you know, hopefully the Panthers give us some help. All right, we're gonna take a break now. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back here from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we're going to get to some notes and quotes and some of your comments post-game here. I know it's really hot out there on the block, uh, but uh, I'm going to try to, you know, manage it accordingly here. You know, uh, when when uh, you lose 37-17, you kind of know that the uh, fan base is uh, not in a very good place. So I'm going to try to do that uh as accurately and effectively as possible we got over 130 comments here post game um and we're gonna get to them here but before we do that let me let me give you a deal here for the first deal of 2024 for you the atlanta journal constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners if you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to AJC.com backslash start. Again, that's AJC.com backslash start, S-T-A-R-T. So you always know what's really going on. All right, let's get over here to some of the game notes. Uh, Quarter by quarter here, the Bears scored seven. They went up 14 to nothing. Falcons got a touchdown on that screen, making 14 to seven. Then the Bears got another touchdown. So it was 21-7 at the half. And they sustained drives. They had drives of 60, 68, and 75, all directed by Justin Fields, who had a great day today for the Chicago Bears. 
Okay, in the second, uh, third quarter, it was just trading some field goals there. Then the Falcons got um, seven to make it 17 to, to 27. Then the Bears added another field goal and a late touchdown to make it 37-17. The offense put up 307 net yards and 134 rushing yards. Uh, Sunday was the 10th game with at least 300 total yards on offense and the 11th game with 100 or more yards on the ground. Uh, today, Caden Ellis served as the sixth captain. Right. Offensively, Tyler Algier had the seven, 88 yards from scrimmage, 13 rushing, 78 receiving, and the one touchdown. Uh, the 75-yard touchdown reception was the longest play of his career and the longest play from scrimmage by a Falcon since week seven of the Cincinnati game when they uh, hit Demir Bird on a 75-yard bomb. B. John Robinson had 86 yards from scrimmage, 75 rushing, and 11 receiving. Drake London caught four passes for 56. And Jesse Bates had 11 tackles. Now, one of the tweets during the game that got a lot of reaction was, you know, Justin Fields had a game today. There's a lot of speculation in Chicago that they're done with him. They're going to uh, uh, move on, and uh, they're going to, uh, you know, use their number one pick to move in a different direction at the quarterback situation, okay? And so um, he might become available. A lot of people think he fit this offense here in Atlanta. But I got to point out that the Falcons had a chance to draft Justin Fields. They didn't want him. They, they could have took him fourth overall. They, they took Kyle Pitts. And today, Kyle Pitts had one, of, one catch for five yards. Okay, and Justin Fields had completed 20 of 32 passes for 268 yards, one touchdown, and had a 99.5 rating. That had Calais Campbell calling him a premier. He said he looked like a premier NFL quarterback today. Now, he also ran the ball 11 times for 45 yards, and he threw, um, he threw it 13 times to D.J. Moore, and he was still open. Nine, caught nine for 159 and one. So, I mean, I don't know what the defensive strategy was for the Falcons, but uh, coming into the game, stopping D.J. Moore was uh, number one, and he got open on everything they threw at him. So, uh you know, we saw them shut down Mike Evans, but they were not able to shut down DJ Moore today. So just, uh, you know, Justin Fields, keep an eye on that in Chicago. Um, you know, it, it's pretty clear he kind of holds the ball a lot. He waits to, you know, but the Falcons did, didn't rush him too, too much. And then uh, he was able to throw some nice passes on check downs on the other side of the field. You know, he clearly... They got him throwing to one side of the field with the reverse rollouts and so forth. But, yeah, keep an eye on that because the Falcons are in the quarterback market. All right. Uh, defensively, Lorenzo Carter caught uh, had three tackles. Bud Dupree had three. David Oyamata had two. Uh, Zach Harrison had a career-high five. Five tackles, five tackles. There we go. All right, now let's get here. Um, I know – it's uh, tough out there on these Twitter streets right now uh, by the volume. 
of uh, notes and uh, so forth that you all left. So right after the game, I hit y'all with the, hey, Falcons coach Arthur Smith from the presser, uh, give credit to Chicago. How are y'all feeling about the loss? Leave your comments and questions. And before we get on to those, you know, we um, uh, Arthur Blank was leaving the locker room. He comes to the press conference. And, of course, we all wanted to, um, you know, we made our request, standing request. Uh, and the PR uh, person said that he didn't want to talk. Uh, but he did wish us a Merry Christmas. So, I mean, excuse me, Happy New Year. So he'll talk when it's, um, I think he said he wanted to get to the end of the season. And we're one week away. But here is, um, you know, how uh, you all were feeling after the loss. Leave your comments and questions. And we are up to 135, 135. So let me try to manage this here. I'm going to try to give us a good cross sampling. We're not going to get to all of them. Y'all can go on Twitter and uh, I'll, I'll drop it in uh, the playtime chart uh, in the morning. So we can see how everybody's doing in the, in the uh, new year. Oh, from Buck Baloo. Georgia legend Buck Baloo says, cut bait and move on now. Alexander James. I'm feeling frustrated. Three straight losing seasons. Well, now it's up to six, really, James, because uh, you got to count the Dan Quinn's last three. Our last two head coaches had us in the playoffs within their first two years, and one of them took us to the Super Bowl. What does Arthur Blank see in him to not fire him after the season? Okay, we got a lot of please fires. Fire. Trade pits. Go get Jake Browning. Same as I feel after every Sunday. I say a lot of fire. Leave him in Chicago and bring back Fields. Okay, from the Falcons fans to head coach Arthur Smith, his OC and his offensive assistant, his wide receiver coach, his running back coach, and his O-line, they got a, it's one of those gifts. I can't hear what he's saying, so I'm not going to play it. Okay, Dirty Man United, or excuse me, Dirty Bird United, not Dirty Man. But I was reading the line under that. It says, if this man isn't fired, I'm not watching a game next year. First time I won't be watching a game as a fan of this team in over 20 years. Okay, he got a goals. A lot of he got a goals. Mike Dean, my question is, why will Arthur Blank continue to hurt us as fans as keeping him? Okay, let me stop with the fans hurt us. I'm leaving, all that. Okay, if you're a fan, you stay with your team. Just like the Browns fans. I saw them on Thursday night streaming out of Cleveland Stadium on TV. They, they clinched the playoff berth. It was just their third since 2002. <laughs> They went to the playoffs in 2020 with Baker Mayfield, had the Chiefs on the ropes, and, and now they got Joe Flacco leading them. And the, the one before that, I think it was uh, uh, Kerry Holcomb. I'm messing up the name, but uh, 02 was their last year. It might have been it was Kerry Holcomb. They beat the Steelers, I think, that year. But those fans keep coming back supporting their team. So if you're a fan, you're going to support your team, win, lose, or draw. Or it's not contingent on, hey, I'm a fan only when it's going good and when they're winning. So, you know, all these uh, fire this, fire that. Let's get some constructive comments in there. I should have I limited uh, you guys a little bit. 
on um, let me find some constructive uh, things that address some issues. The offense is the issue. The coach does call the plays. So, yeah, that's on point. But we're going to wrap up here with a couple more quotes and uh, comments from you all. Chad Shrek, today's show QB play is the issue with our offense, not the play calling. I'm all for moving on from Arthur Smith, but we absolutely plagued in the QB position no matter what the play is called. All right, play caller. Need a new play caller and a quarterback. Over it, coming to the realization that we have no QB, QB development, or overall coaching leadership. And here's the last one for us today, and we're going to get on out of here and get ready for to do 2024, bring it on in and get back to Atlanta. Such a disappointing season when our Falcons fan base had very high hopes of going into the postseason. Welp, <laughs> that won't happen again this year. I don't like to hear anyone getting fired, but this is a performance-based job as a coach. Too many bad play calls and use of the time clock. All right, so it's a lot of stuff directed at the coach and the quarterback. Uh, one last one. How do I feel? This is still Gates. Uh, like I'm waiting to get the notification that he's been fired, and I don't like my time wasted. Okay, there we go. So that's what it's, ooh, it's hot out there on them Twitter streets with regards to the Falcons, even though they're still in the hunt for the playoffs. But, you know, that's a long, long shot, and we'll just see, you know, go through the week and, uh, you know, get ready for the game against the Saints. We'll get down. We'll find out, y'all. By the time y'all listen to this, just go to AJC.com and get the time on when the game is and, and so forth because uh, we'll find out later Sunday night before after we record it. So, uh, but, yeah, be ready for it. Get ready for the Saints, whether you make it to the playoffs tonight at not the uh those are always uh fun and good games but yeah put a bow around it this is the um third straight losing season uh well now you can't say that because if they get in the playoffs and, and win two or three more then that's they can have a winning season still so that we can't put a bow around that yet so um it would be the loser regular season third consecutive the guarantee to that but it's not final because we don't know if they're going to keep playing or not. I mean, they can get in the playoffs theoretically at 8-8 eight and eight and run the table, which we haven't seen that level of football played this year by this team. But theoretically, we're, going to, we're just going to keep the ball uh, in the middle of the road as far as their um, uh, chances because, you, know, you know, that could happen. It's a possibility. Slim one, but a possibility. So let's get out of here from Soldier Field for the Falcons uh, with their seat. Had a chance to take command. Every time this year they had a chance, they, they wasn't able to do it. They came up here, couldn't get the offense moving. Eventually the defense started leaking oil, and the uh, Bears were able to pull away and uh, blow them out 37-17. to 17. So with that, we're going to wish you a happy new year and have a great rest of your week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. 
You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.